Super Talk Mississippi media production. So joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline from the SEC Network from Jocks FM, where he's part of the uh, three-band front, Cole Kublik. I know nobody's watching more film than you, or at least very few people are. You've seen two very different Mississippi State teams in two weeks. Is it somewhere in the middle? Which team is more Mississippi State to you? Um, I still think week one would probably be more Mississippi State because, first and foremost, you had more of your best player. And I don't care if you're running air raid, triple option, pro-style, West Coast, zone read. Uh, you don't you take away your best player, you're going to have some problems. And Kylan Hill not being available for most of that game, that it became a problem for Mississippi State. So getting him back would solve a lot of those problems. And I think you have to consider that even if it's not an offense that is designed for an elite tailback to get 25, 30 carries a game, there are ways that he can be utilized that are going to be dangerous. They're going to force the defense to treat you different. And you, you compound that along with who I think is your best offensive lineman being out, then I think that led to a lot of the problems. So I don't know if that means that I think you'll see an SEC record passing every week. But I, I do think that what we saw week one is probably more of what this team is going to be than what we saw in week two. Defensively, for those of us covering the team, for me in particular, they've been very surprisingly good. Uh, they've played at a standard, a, a much higher level than I thought they were going to be capable of these first two weeks. What are they doing that's making them so effective? Well, first, I like the effort. And I think you have one of your best players on that side of the ball that, that's playing up to the level that, that he's capable of, and that's, that's Errol Thompson. I thought, I thought he took a big dip last year from two years ago. And two years ago, I thought he was one of the best players in the SEC. And then all of a sudden, that, that got a little bit different. But it's a, it's, you know, it's a style of defense that allows guys to sort of run and roam and make plays. I think you have a defensive coordinator who, who understands how to put certain guys in position to make plays. And I, and I think they, for the most part, stayed healthy. And that, that's helped because that's obviously what's hurt your offense. And... You know, I, I see a defensive line that attacks, that, that understands how to get off blocks, and that plays hard. I, I think it's, I, I think it's, it also injects some confidence when you know your offense is going to score points, and I think that allows you to play different on defense. And you don't, you're not as worried about getting beat one time. You're not as worried about one explosive play or one big run. So, I think from that perspective, that that all leads in to how you're able to go out and play. We look a week ago at Kentucky, and Matt Corral was very successful against him. He's 24-29, 320 yards, four touchdowns, didn't throw an interception. Also had a lot of success running the football. I don't think you expect that from, from K.J. Costello. But from this Kentucky defense, do you think Costello, if he can keep the ball you know, out of their hands, is he primed for a big game here? Yeah, you know, they, don't, they don't have an interception yet. So... Uh, and that's kind of surprising to me because I thought this was going to be a pretty good secondary coming into the year. Um, you know, I, I think this game will come down more to what happens up front because I thought there was a real lack of communication and continuity and just flat-out teamwork between the middle three on that offensive line. But you can't allow three to consistently 
get pressure on a quarterback when you got five staying in. It just can't happen. And there's got to be a better understanding of who's working with who, who's working where, how they're working there between the center and two guards. And then I just think physically, you know, State's a group that, that should have been able to impose their will on that Arkansas defensive line. I don't, I don't care if they throw it 80 times and don't run it once. You still can do that. They did it to an extent against LSU. Now, not as often as they as, as you'd like to see, but there were there were flashes of them being dominant up front in the passing game. They they had that kind of physicality, but I think it's going to be more. I think it comes down more to controlling that defensive line, and I don't know what the structure is going to be. I don't know what Brad White's going to do, um, but I would take a lot of what Barry did last week and and make it my own. I'm, you know, Quinn Bohan is three fifty. I don't know how effective he is inside. Um, but you could take a Joshua Pascal who went from Jack linebacker to defensive end and move, put him in nose guard and give him a two-way go, and he could be really problematic. Or you utilize some linebacker pressure. So there's ways to create it and do it, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to come down as much to K.J. not turning the ball over as it is those guys up front handling their business. Because I think we've seen when, when K.J. has time and his eyes are in the right place, He's going to be able to make good throws. When he has to worry about other things, he, he gets a little bit off track. Kentucky rushed for f- over 400 yards last week. Now, part of that is Ole Miss's defense is just not very good up front. But they, they have talent up there. They're going to be without Cavassier Smoke again this week. But, well, I guess my question is, I think State's a, a good run defense. Their pass defense is less from things to be desired. If State can stop the run, can Terry Wilson beat MSU with his arm? That's interesting. I don't. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I think that if if this game comes down to that, then it means that Mississippi State is probably having a lot of success on offense, which means we're looking at a, a little bit of a track meet. And no, Kentucky's not built to do that. If Kentucky's going to win this game, they got to limit possessions. They got to own the clock. They got to move the chains, and you know they, they they have to win field position and keep their defense off the field. That's how they win this game. And if you, if all of a sudden it's going to take Terry Wilson to win the game with his arm, I just think stylistically that that's not the game that Kentucky wants. So I'd say probably not because that means you're trading touchdowns. That means there's probably a pretty good bit of back and forth. And I would say no, that that's that's not good at all. For, for Kentucky. For Mississippi State, where do they go from here with a win and where do they go with a loss, in your opinion? Oh, man. I don't, I don't really... I don't, here's the thing. We were talking about this today on, on my show in Birmingham. Like, who needs this game the most? And I think you, you have to say the team that would go to 0-3, especially one that had pretty good expectations on this year. Nobody thought Kentucky would go undefeated, but a lot of us including myself, thought they'd be able to put together a good season. Me too. You can't, you can't get to 0-3. I think that's when you really start worrying about losing your team. You start worrying about your leadership. You start worrying about effort, guys checking out. And let's be honest, in this whole COVID deal, I mean, how many guys are going to sit there at 0-3 and say, you know what, all of our goals that we thought we had a shot at, we're not going to get there, so I'm done. I'll see you next year. Or I'm just I'm just done, done, altogether. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's a real possibility. So I, I think that from that perspective, Kentucky loses this game, it, it, it could be it could end up being really bad. I mean, 
just take a peek at the schedule. Yeah. And, and what Kentucky has left, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, they got Alabama and Florida on the road back to back games. They still got Tennessee, still got Georgia. So it's, um, they, they need it. But I think, too, Mississippi State, the, probably the worst thing that could have happened to this team was what they did week one against who they did it against. Mm-hmm. Because now that expectation is there, and the belief that it can happen every week is there. Because, I, I mean, I think Leach was kind of playing with house money on this year going in. Nobody really thought he'd come in and, and, and win eight games. But when you do that to LSU the way you did it, then people say, you, you better do it to Arkansas. You better do it to Ole Miss. You, you, you better do it to Auburn. And it's just not going to be that. So I, I think, yes, the expectation for Mississippi State has changed. But I still, I still think that you are going to be prolific enough on offense at times to steal a couple games. Even if the defense lets you down or even if you got a player or two that's out, you're going to be able to get a few games because the style and I guess the ceiling of what that offense is always going to be capable of doing. All right. Cole Kublik will be in Lexington on the sidelines uh, Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. Cole, thanks so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.